We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The wings are extra spicy for everyone this week. Oh, there's good tang in that sauce, man. I'm going to have more fried ribs. Especially Danny. Say what? This is Danny and Dusty on Super Week. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen, Attorneys at Law. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. Go, boys. Get it on there. Score. The Fan. I have a problem with Super Bowl week now. Go on. I didn't think you could find any problem with it. Yeah. What's up with them showing all of the commercials already? Why do I? I've I've been like I have to avoid. No, these are the preemptive ones. I'm these like are the setups. No, no, no. What? They, they, they've gotten bigger. They are setup commercials. Well, which setups do I need to watch? I mean, I would imagine all of them. Well, no. Well, I, I okay. Which ones are setups and which ones are just the spoilers for what's going to be airing? Because there's a lot of them where they're just like, we're going to air them all now. It's it's ridiculous. I, I don't think so. I think you're going to see different ones on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going in blind. But flying blind. Yeah. I, I will say this. I wish I could get a list of like the Wyden and Kennedy ones because those are the ones. That, let's be honest. I don't want to gas them up too much, but they have they have crushed the Super Bowl for like the last decade. Over the, the, a decade. And, and yeah. they they the best the best for those that don't know, Wyden Kennedy is the group the marketing group that um, wins the awards for best Super Bowl commercials basically yeah. every year. And they're right here in Portland. Yeah, they're right literally right down the street. Mm-hmm. Um. And they do incredible work. I just wish I, I knew the list of the, the, the commercials they worked on, because those would be the ones I would be like, oh, which, what's, what are they kind of building up Ah, uh, We can Google it. True. If, if not, Lugal will have it. Which may be the best twist ending to a movie is, uh, what is Lu- oh, Lugal? Oh. Hot Tub Time yeah, Machine. That was great. <laughs> on his Dude, mega yacht. Lugal. Yeah, I created Lugal. What is Lugal? Uh, uh, and and he, he's the lead singer for Motley Crue. It's awesome. Um, all right, let's talk a little su- Super Bowl, shall we? Uh, we've been hitting, rightfully so, the NBA trade deadline. We will talk a lot of the NBA trade deadline. But something that I was thinking about was, you know, we talked yesterday about the matchups across the board, and Philly owns a lot of these matchups. If you if you truly want to look at it, they actually check every single box except for quarterback, coaching, and tight end. Is there a position group outside of that that you would take Kansas City over Philly? No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, you look at what receivers closer than than I think a lot of people would think, but yeah. no, it's still Philly with AJ Brown and Devontae. AJ's the yeah. one that just I mean that just takes it over the top. And that was a that was a hell of a trade. He's the yeah. only starter on that team that they did not draft. 
on that offense. Yeah, that means the only starter on that offense they did not draft. They say, "What? What don't we have?" Damn, we, we, we're missing that tank that can literally do everything at the wide receiver position. But that that quarterback position is so important, and certainly we're looking at Jalen Hurts who was in the conversation of being the yeah, MVP. Yeah, was talking about it. If he's healthy throughout the season, I think the narrative does go that Hurts wins it. Yeah, and he probably he probably does, but it will be Patrick Mahomes yeah. because he is ungodly with what he does. But there still are the limitations to uh, Jalen Hurts' game. And I, I was looking in, at a bunch of stats of his um, from where he was, like the front half of the season – you know, or I broke the season up into quarters. Now that we have 17 games, we have that stupid, you know, one extra game. Just, just that one little guy up there. Don't worry about that one little guy. Yeah, it, it sucks. But you break the season up into quarters, and he would, the first three quarters of the season, it was a beacon of consistency across the board with his numbers and his accuracy. But then you look at the back quarter of the season and into the playoffs, and we we talk about this often with uh, Brock Purdy is the interception worthy passes. Yeah. <laughs> the whoa, okay. Throws the first three quarters of the year, those weren't there with Jalen Hurts. Like they he was he very protective of the ball. He wasn't Methodical. as accurate as some of the other guys, but he was smart with what he did. Mm-hmm. Since the shoulder, he has been a lot more dicey with throwing the football. And that is is scary. So what is it that makes this team so scary, though, even with the, the be it a shoulder limitation or as you play better teams, you're starting to play better defenses, which tighter windows, that makes this team so dangerous. And I keep going back to, one, it's, it's the offensive line. The offensive line for the Eagles is just so damn good. I mean, is that the biggest disparity you see in this game across position groups? Yeah, and look, Chris Jones... Maybe defensive player of the year. He's a candidate for it. That's for damn sure. Yeah, with that group, that offensive line is so good that it is a massive gap in the head-to-head with the defensive line. And it's not that the Chiefs' Chiefs. group is bad. It's just that the Eagles is so much better than everybody else's. And with that, there's something that has kind of trickled into the coaching, and it also helps out Jalen Hurts is that they are so aggressive on fourth down because you trust your offensive line, okay? If you're in a third and medium range or even a medium long, right? If you are six yards and in on third down, you're probably getting a a throw of the football in third and medium, third medium long. Mm -hmm. They'll run it because Nick Sirianni trusts his offensive line to say, if we break this in half, we're going to go for it. They are aggressive on fourth down. They're really good on fourth down. And that is what makes this team so dangerous is it's the RPO game with a quarterback that can run the ball, Mm -hmm. and it makes the throws a heck of a lot easier. Your offensive line is so good that you'll work that all four downs, and you're not in those auto-throw situations. That is the dangerous part about this team is their aggressiveness because of the efficiency of their run game and the fact their quarterback is so good at running the football as well. And when they get in the red zone, you know they're going to run, they know they're going to run, and they're still going to run it right over the top of your head. Yep. That's the thing. If they get inside the five-yard line, unless you make a play, they are going to score because they're going to run that wedge and Jalen Hurts is going to lower his shoulder and they're just going to pile drive you into the back of the end zone. And that, to me, is where you go. If you're Kansas City, you said, I dare you to. 
I dare you to take those hits all game long, Jalen Hurts, because you, you, this is the game where everybody lays it all out on the line, right? Yes. You just say, I'm throwing everything out the window. You got summer. It doesn't matter. How hurt is that shoulder? That, to me, is the big question because that unlocks so much more offensively for this Eagles team is if he can run the ball. And if you are Kansas City, you just take away Miles Sanders. You take away... Um, what's the green, green, uh, I always forget the, the, the running back, the backup who had a huge game, uh, in the, in, in the wild divisional round against the giants. Um, but you, you run the ball and you say, Gainwell? I did gain well, yeah, I, I, gain well, not I, green. Well, I was going to say, I almost said gain more. I'm like, no, it's not that it's, yeah. he, he, he gains well, Boston Scott gain well. And then you have obviously Miles Sanders. You say, we will not let those guys because they are shifty. They are really damn good, and they fit that offense so well. But you say, okay, the guy who's going to beat us, it has to be Jalen Hurts. It has to be him running the football. One, he'll take those shots. He's going to lay it all on the line because the Super Bowl. And uh, two, you could get the the breaks that Philly got in the uh, NFC Championship game, which is more times your quarterback gets it, more likelihood he gets hurt. But they've got to be able to tackle on the outside, and unlike Philly, Kansas City tackles really well defensively, even in their secondary. And that's what what kind of sets them apart is that even though they don't necessarily have the dudes that Philadelphia does oh, man. on individual levels, they, they are a good team tackling team. They don't get killed by yak and rack. That's mm-hmm. not what exploits them. That's And that's how their offense exploits other teams. It's not just the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the the underneath wide receivers and slot guys and Pacheco, it's the yak and the rack. And that's that's the thing about Philadelphia where they tackled incredibly well against the 49ers. In fact, I would call that one of their best tackling games of the year. They limited the 49ers. What was it? Uh, McCaffrey had the only real run, right? Yeah. He had the only big play over, of over like 15 yards. Yeah. And it's not that the Eagles are a bad tackling team. It's just that they were exceptional. Against the 49ers. Oh, they are a bad tackling team, though. They are. Uh, like it, That's a we- weird thing to say. Their secondary is not a good tackling team. That, they do yes, very good of that, the creating turnovers, yes. but they do not tackle well in, in the secondary and in, in the second level. And going back to Kansas City's defense, though, it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday, too, and kind of if you allow, and this was what I was saying yesterday in that, play with your eyes towards Jalen Hurts and make him pick you apart, you know, make him throw the ball and then bring that zone blitz and that zone pressure. If you sit there and you're going to mix it up against Jalen Hurts, then there's a new read every, every play for him Mm -hmm. because there's a new guy coming at him from every which way makes it a lot harder for the offensive line. Keeps them kind of off balance too. If you're just taking away the running back and you got one guy keying on him spy, that is a massive benefit. For the Kansas City Chiefs, if that one guy that they are bringing in has always got eyes on Jalen Hurts, too. Certainly, and, and that was one of the things that, that obviously Horvat talked about was the ability to be disruptive of Jalen Hurts, to get pressure on him physically, to hit him, knock that shoulder free, see exactly how it's feeling. The counter to this is, is that what is one of the things that you've mentioned about Jalen Hurts and his development this year? His ability to hit that ball up the seams. Mm-hmm. And if you F around and your safeties don't have the correct discipline, all of a sudden Devonta Smith gets up one of those seams in between that zone, and you are looking at him going the other way. 
Yeah, and guess where Kansas City is really good, though? Mm-hmm. Right up the gut. Justin Reed and Thornhill, those guys, they got dudes in the middle of that defense. I really like their safeties. And that's ton. what makes this matchup really interesting yeah. because the strength of Jalen Hurts' passing game is probably the strength of Kansas City's defense. Yep. It's not on the this outside. It's going to be fun, and both these offenses are going to get their they're going to get their points, man. They are going to get theirs. Uh, I love it. I love all things about it. We're going to do full breakdown tomorrow. Uh, Super Bowl 57 coming up on Sunday. Going to be here quick. Uh, let's get back into the trade deadline, though. The Portland Trailblazers don't make any moves uh, of, of big significance. Did they make the big swing, though? Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen, Attorneys at Law. On 1080 The Fan. Trade deadline passes for the Portland Trail Blazers out. Heading out of town are Gary Payton II, uh, Kevin Knox, and a host of second-round picks come back at Portland's way. Josh Hart, he's out of town as well. He gone. Um, and coming in, you have Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibel, Kevin Knox, um, Ryan Archidionico, and uh, I don't even what, what's the other guy's name again? Steve Mahalik. Yep, that's he, it. But he's in Charlotte now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. He got. Yeah, he, 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 he went as as part of the deal that, that ended up netting Matisse Thibel. That's right. Um, God, so much movement today. Oh, there was so. Remember when it was going to be? It's quiet deadline, quiet deadline, quiet deadline. I was like, no. And stars got moved too. Yes. So the new Blazers. Uh, there's four new guys and uh, two guys gone. Okay, that was before they released uh, Greg Brown the third. He he gone as well. And remember, the Blazers had an open roster spot all season long. Uh, did the Blazers try to make a, a big swing? At anything. I am under the impression that they were trying to get something done here at the deadline, much like they were with Jeremy Grant. A a move before a move kind of situation. I would imagine come this summer it will be revisited. We heard um a lot of, of rumblings though last deadline that Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant. Will we find out who that person is as we did last year? Because it ended up coming to fruition. I'm going to start digging as soon as we get off air here. I've got three phone calls to make uh, that came during the trade deadline that I need to follow up with uh, and kind of see who or what they were exactly were trying to do. I got a couple of cryptic messages, basically, that was, hey, they it sounds like they're trying to do this. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to throw that out there until I can confirm anything. So... But it did sound like they were trying to, at, at minimum, change the protections or get their pick back from Chicago. 
Okay. Which would free up picks, yeah. which kind of leads you down the path of going for something Swing big. Swing big. Yeah. Here's my other big question. Why didn't they swap Gary Payton for James Wiseman? So here's the thing about Wiseman. Yes, he's a number two overall pick. Yes, he's a seven-footer. Yes, he's a freak athlete. He yeah. also has uh, – his hands are about as good as mine Yeah, on an NBA floor. Okay. He has stone hands. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'd, like, besmirch the guy. He has terrible hands. Yeah. He has – his basketball IQ and his acumen is nowhere near capable. Yeah. Uh, talking to people in the league – I had somebody tell me he needs to play 200 games. Okay. Counterpoint, uh, the Blazers need a body that big. Flip side of that, that is you could go get a LaMarcus Aldridge, a, a Dwight Howard, or uh, a DeMarcus Cousins. You don't go get that because it doesn't matter. Is like, this 2013? Yeah. But no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> but those guys all have the, huh? the, the mental capacity to right. do it, like, yeah. which is what you would want. Okay, but you, what, but as of right now, they're rolling out, and I they need a body because right now the backup center Drew Eubanks, I love him to death, mm-hmm. is six feet eight tall. He's six foot. We'll, we'll, eight give him, inches. we'll give him six nine. Six foot nine inches. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the NBA, that's his shortcomings. I would love to it's see him. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see him if if we want to go and push him to the four, maybe. I don't know, but we there is a problem with tall people with the Portland Trailblazers, and there are minutes to be had in the mm-hmm. front court. You need something in the front court, like they. That's a fact. Like they need bodies there because I love Drew Eubanks coming off the bench. Hell, I love Drew Eubanks starting right now. Um, when you present him to other options, and Nurk has proven his health is always going to be a concern, and now a calf strain. Like, regardless, the Blazers just need somebody down there because the options that they have, if they have they run into a seven footer, you're gonna need that body, if not for anything else, six fouls to run through. Even if he has terrible hands, you need him on one end of the floor. I, I would argue that you don't need to pay ten million dollars for a young big that is two plus years away from production. Yeah. Well, that's the but thing hold is on. He- Who well, I don't care about how much they're paying him. Like, look, let's go. Get, the, I do because you're, you're you're tied to him for how many more years? Two more years. Two more years. Yeah. No thanks. Mm-hmm. And then, then you then you've got like a twenty plus million dollar cap hit or a, a cap hold. Cap hold. Yeah. No, thank you. No, I don't. Yeah. No. Okay. Wiseman is is a guy who look. It's easy to get caught up in the tantalizing, because he is so big and he is so athletic and he he has these things, but. I've talked to a ton of people around the Warriors, and they're like, man, he needs – he is so far away from being – he needs to be sent down to the G League, and he just mm. needs to play, like, an entire season where he gets 37 minutes a night. Yeah. He just has – he's just nowhere near ready. Bigs always take longer, especially now in the NBA, with what they have to do, but he's even further behind that. He played yeah. 12 games in college. That's it, not a lot. No, and then he got hurt. Like he just he just hasn't played, and beyond that, he's just he has some some things that he really needs to work on. the the one, The thing that bothers me here, or the frustration I would have, is that they weren't able to go out and get another big right away. But they have enough space right now. I want again, I, rough math. I think they have nine million dollars in space. They could eat a buyout on Archie Diacono, and then in the buyout market, if there is a big available, they can go get. 
they can go do that. Okay, why uh, then if not Wiseman, why not uh, Mobamba? Patrick Beverly. Because it again, Patrick Beverly had a 13 million dollar salary and you needed that to go get Mobamba because Bamba's I want to say 10.8 yeah. A million dollar salary. The Blazers didn't have that salary piece to make that kind of deal work. And if they, and without that, they're going to go again. You you want to get mad at, at ownership for not being willing to go into the tax? That's yes. fine. But at the same time, team building purposes wise, I understand not going into the tax for this team. I do too. Look, all all you know frustrations aside, I understand that. I like it. You don't want to go into the tax for a team that may not make the playoffs. All right. Um, here is Damien. Do you want to hear what Damien Lillard's agent has tweeted out? Yeah. Um, it, it, Nate Jones. It says, uh, Pinwheel Empire tweeted out, being a Blazer fan isn't good for your long-term health. Uh, Nate Jones tweeted, they have encumbered first-round picks due to the Nance trade from previous regime that restricts options. Feels like they're trying to get picks to help them unlock their pick with Chicago and open up future moves. That's just my outside analysis, but could be wrong. I have a feeling that's more than just outside analysis. (laughs) I feel like he may be more in the loop than he's leading on. It goes on to say, there's another question, it says, what do you mean unlock their pick with Chicago? I know it's a protected pick, but I'm not sure what you mean. Nate followed up with the pick is top 14 protected through 2028, making it impossible for the Blazers to trade in multiple first round picks, mm-hmm. which is what it takes to get in a star trade until the pick is conveyed or they make a trade with Chicago to acquire the rights back. Bingo. Which we've we've discussed ad nauseum, yes. but but this, this but that this, is this is the crux of everything. But that is going back to this is Damian Lillard's agent. Everything that they go by and that they're trying to do, they're passing by his camp. And so, read the tea leaves there. So, again, while this deadline was not, for me, I wanted to see them make the change at the center position. I did too. That Honestly, that to me might have been the most important thing. Because even if you go get a star, unless you get a star that's a big, and that's part of the change, or he's included in that, your style of play is significantly limited by Yusuf Nurkic. So when could, or what's the feasibility of removing the protection on the pick, and when would that be a better idea than, like, at a current time? Like, you wouldn't want to do it of, currently because you think that you could the, lose it this At the year. end of the regular season and before the draft. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because you don't want to you, you you don't don't say, invent. remove the pick and then miss the playoffs right. and, and win the lottery. lottery. <laughs> so what do we think the odds are something like that could happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to put a deal together either with a pile of second-round picks or that New York Knicks pick to get their pick back. Yeah, they'll say, hey, Chicago swaps these Knicks pick with our pick because Knicks will be a playoff team in the East. There's almost, almost a certainty. Yeah. All right, uh, 503-250-1080. Here's Rust with SportsCenter. It's a super week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen, Attorneys at Law. On 1080 The Fan. Noted uh, Laker fan and heckler of opposition, Shannon Sharp. Mm. He actually is making a uh, pretty decent point. Have you seen what uh, old Shan wants has to say? What is it, what is it now? Uh, well, with Malik Beasley going to the uh, the Lakers, he is saying that Scottie Pippen Jr. should ask for a release since Malik Beasley 
<laughs> bedded his mother. Yeah, no, that's super. <laughs> for those that don't understand, Malik Beasley cheated on his wife with Larsa Pippen, who is Scottie Pippen Jr.'s mother. And Scotty Pippen Jr. plays for the Lakers. Yes, they are teammates. So this is not the first time something along those lines has happened because Delonte West and LeBron James's mom was a yeah yeah thing. yeah. Does Malik Beasley just walk into the locker room and be like, "Son, <laughs> take a seat next to Dad. You can call me Dad. Sit on Dad's knee. Here, uh, yeah, mm. that'll make uh, things awkward in that locker what, room. What is it worse that mm-hmm, his mom? Or like, and it's behind him, or would it be worse if he was doing it now? If he was stooping his mom actively, yeah. or that he was and did and moved on. Yeah, I think the kicker to the curb is a little bit rougher. Doesn't I think it? That, yeah. right? Like, doesn't that seem yeah. like, oh, yeah. wow, mom wasn't good enough for you, huh? Yeah, I think that's a rough, that's a rough one. I think Shannon Sharp has a valid point here. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love. Both of you guys, if I, if that happened, I'd be like, no, I'm out on this show, guys. <laughs> and they brought in D'Angelo Russell, the snitch. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's why they brought D'Angelo Russell in. To it's keep like, Malik Beasley in hey, check? Guess what? Everybody's <laughs> going to know all our bitness. Oh, God. oh, man. And then Ooh. LeBron on that team is the perfect person to be like, guys, you know what needs to stop? Sleeping with guys' yeah. moms. That's I've been you- down this road before. Send you right out of town. Like there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into this right now, and that's that's a whole that's a whole thing. I I cringe to think at the wildest stories from NBA locker rooms because those dudes. Oh, I've they get around. I've heard and it's more than I can care. It's not like NFL. You're on the road. You're in town, out of town. It's a business trip. It is so quick. You don't have time to do NBA anything. NBA players have days of downtime. Major League Baseball, you're there for three days, mm-hmm. and it's almost like too long at times. Like you, you're on your best behavior the first couple of days because of the fact that we're out of town. Yeah. We're going to be in town for yeah. a couple of days, and then we're going to be out. NBA, you're there for like a day or two, just enough time to, to get in trouble and get away. Yep, and then. Bloop, Get out of town. Look, without going into details, there are certain women in certain cities that serve the same purposes in every NBA city. Mm-hmm. Hospitality? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Very hospitable people. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Well, we'll uh, leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about Kyrie Irving, his debut as a Maverick? We haven't talked about that either. You see that? See what he did? What? What? Walking home with the fans? Well, yeah, yeah yes. That after scoring what was it twenty nine, twenty four points? Yeah, he's really good. Debut. He's good at basketball. But then, was he trying to find if that's where the edge of the world was? <laughs> I was just say he probably <laughs> caught, probably caught COVID ah, in the crowd. Ah, I, well, that was my first thought is watching the videos. Like, all right, so he's going to be in these health and safety protocols in three, two, one. He walked back to the hotel with fans, mm-hmm. which I felt for the Mavs security guy who, like, you could see the look day on his face. One, like, day one, you're making me do this? I don't want to do this. Are we really doing this right now? Going back and asking for a raise? No. <laughs> he's sitting there like, guys, okay, everybody back up. He, he He's walking with fans but doesn't really want to. I can't have him really next to you. Uh, 
and then it also was like he was like doing this great and grand gesture. Uh, for those that don't know, imagine if uh, the Coliseum was a hotel. <laughs> or actually, it'd probably be the parking garage, not the garden garage that's attached to Moda. He walked from Moda to the to the garage that's just like across the little street there. Was it Victory Way or whatever it is? Oh, yeah. That's how far he walked. It, it wasn't like Kyrie Irving was hoofing it miles. Yeah. In L.A. Live, that hotel is on the other side of a courtyard. Yeah, we made that trip. Yeah, well, they stay at one closer than the one we stayed. But at, I mean, that's that, like that right there. That yeah. whole it area. Yeah, it's very close to yeah. where the the teams visiting teams stay. Mm-hmm. It's not like Kyrie Irving was a, a true man of the people walking down the street with them. He he walked across it's a go blocks glorified courtyard. Yeah. Oh man, that guy! I can't wait until that blows up. That'll be fantastic. Uh, I heard Colin Cowherd uh, yesterday said, Mark Cuban once told me when I asked him advice on a business to uh, only go into business with people you trust. <laughs> Great trade for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Final thoughts on the trade deadline. Get you set for uh, the rest of your Thursday. This is Danny and Dusty. Hey, yeah, I want to shoot, baby. Shoot. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen, Attorneys at Law. On 1080 The Fan. Damn thing. That sounds sexy. Here I go, here I go, here I go again, girls. What's my weakness? Okay, then chillin', chillin'. Mindin' my business. Okay, wrapping up this Thursday. It'll be football Super Bowl heavy tomorrow. We will have, though... As this texture uh, says here on the fan text line, 503-250-1080. Blazer fans deserve to hear from Joe Cronin admitting the Gary Payton deal was a huge mistake and glad the cancer was removed. Um, I mean, Joe Cronin doesn't have to do anything. No, but we'll hear from him tomorrow. <laughs> yes, uh, I believe the plan is for him to have a press availability yeah. before tomorrow's game. Um, and I will be there. Yes. We have, uh, and then the same texture asks, has there been a worse addition of the Blazers that was thought would help but backfired like Peyton? Yes. Do you, do we ever forget Raymond Felton? Do we forget? Uh, Festus Azili caused basically a, yeah. a fight in the locker room and never played a game. Yeah. Like, Remember Aaron Aflalo? Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I, there's, there's, there's a actually long a long list. list, and Gary Payton II's not that it, high on it. Yeah, no, I mean, he was impactful. <laughs> when he played like yeah. five games, I think he, I think he finished with fifteen. But that you no, know, he uh, no, he's not a, he's not that high on the list. So no. yeah, yeah. All right, there we go. Um, final thoughts on the Blazers and their the trade deadline. What was your? Those are separate questions too, by the way. Final thoughts on the Blazers. Final thoughts on trade deadline. Final thoughts on the Blazers. I'm 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 coming around to at first I, I think I was thinking that the the roster moves were a net negative. I don't think they necessarily got worse. They got less reliable. Uh yeah, because you knew what you were getting with Josh Hart. Yeah, even even with his his deficiencies, yeah. his motor, his consistency, his lack of mistakes yeah. generally. Yeah. You were losing that. Yeah. But you're losing his penchant for passing up shots. You're losing his 
league near league leading turnover rate to a, to a creation ratio. Mm-hmm. You're losing his um, not only inability or, or unwillingness to shoot, but inability to hit threes yeah. that, that seemingly disappeared. Um, in GP two, you get a like for like swap in Matisse Thybul. Mm. Different because Gary did, did have a little bit of playmaking juice, but Matisse doesn't come with the strings of being on a minutes restriction. And I think about one part is that playing with Damon Ant, uh, if you are a creator, it takes a little time to adjust to it. And yes. you don't have to worry about it with Matisse Seibel because he ain't going to try. No, he's not. He's literally plug-and-play defense. <laughs> See ball, get ball. Yeah. Uh, for those that are wondering, uh, Matisse Seibel, for uh, wing players in the NBA, he's in the 100th percentile in both steals and blocks. Oh, that seems good. 100th is the best. That seems really good. And he's been that way, I think, every year in his career but one. I'm excited for him, but um, I, I think the overwhelming feeling when we hit noon was this feels very Olsheyan. Yes, and that's the thing. is the, And I don't like that feeling. No, that's, that's the tainted water, right? Because yeah. we, we've seen this before. The, the difference pl- being, in this instance, they did get assets back. Yeah, that is true. They got a first-round pick. And a, a pile of seconds. Yeah. All right. What do they do with this? And all of the signaling appears to be this summer, this summer, this summer. And that's why I've been hammering this summer since August. So this is where I go to, all right, it felt Olshayan in Cam Reddish is a top 10 pick that didn't work out. Redraft prospect for yep. sure. And it, it's like... I can just imagine Neil being like, guys, he was a top 10 pick. Yeah. Wow. We think we can really do something with him here. Okay, yeah. We've heard that before. And then Gary Payton, MLE, comes here, doesn't work out, pull the ripcord quickly, and he goes off, and it's like, well, we gave it a shot, and so we had to move on, and we got assets in return. No. And you got five second-round picks, which, hey, Congratulations, second round picks. The story Kevin Durant was the story of the trade deadline. Second round picks, runner up. No, screw that. Kevin Durant, <laughs> you're you're out. Second round picks, you're in, man. We have three trades where 15 second round picks were drafted. And how about the Blazers? If and there the, was another one that had a, a player and four. And four. Yeah. They, how about this? The Blazers very well could come out of this trade deadline with nine second-round picks. Nine times. Nine I think you'd rather have a first and five second-round picks. But, yes, it could potentially turn into four second-round picks. Yeah. I mean, what a day for the second round. It's a lot. You've been worthless for all these years. Second-round picks have been like, maybe we'll find the next Manu Ginobili. It greased a lot lot of skids uh, in trade deals. It sure uh, did. Sure did. You know, it was uh, it was a good day for second round picks. Y'all should be very happy. It used to be cash consider- considerations that used to get all the shine. Today, yeah. it was second round picks. Yeah, look at inflation. Inflation's the reason why can't be throwing that cash around these days. Who knows what the value of the dollar's going to be tomorrow? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you know? it's true. All these owners are are old rich guys now, gals. Jody Allen, don't want yep. guys and gals out there. Owning these teams, you don't throw around cash considerations. That was Paul Allen's go-to. Uh, hey, buy a pick and call it good. Yeah. Hey, uh, what, what, what did the Blazers get for that twenty-fourth pick in the first round? Cash considerations. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Bring it on it. Yeah. What guy did he fall in love with? Ha Sun Jin. Yep, love him. Let me go buy a pick. All right. It was good times back in the day. 
Oh. You could buy first round picks back in the day. Mm. Can't do that now. Mm. I mean, you can. Mm. You get a real cheap owner. That's right. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll be back tomorrow on Super Bowl Primer. Woo! Up next, you got primetime with Isaac and Dasuk. I don't know if it's a full show because Oregon plays at USC. I don't know what time that game mm. is. We got a full show today? We'll find out. Nah. Nobody's around here. Hey, guess what? Surprise. Mm. We'll. We'll find out how no. long it is. I think it's pro- I think it's a four hour show though. Okay. I think it's to, I think they they, they, they they tip off after seven. We'll go full show. Tip at seven thirty. So coverage starts at Look seven. At that. There you go. Woo. All right. Um, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Thursday, see you Friday, right here on the fan. Mm, bye. That's proprietary, Sean. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.